Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is season six of Changing the Game with Digital Selling. We are so happy to have the series back for another great year of wonderful content and very engaging, insightful, and informative roundtable conversations. So if you want to run with the game changers, you know the deal. You're in the right place because this is where the best run. We always say it. We always mean it. Let's see what the buzz is today. I found a quote from Anne Hanley. Many of you may be familiar with her name. She is the chief content author officer at a company called Marketing Profs, P-R-O-F-S. I remember her back in the day years ago when she was part of a, uh, it was a, a weekend of media gurus in social selling way back when it was just getting started. So Anne says, does your content lead readers on a journey or does it merely stuff them as leads into a pipeline? Ooh, you know who the guilty ones are out there. So let's talk about what's really going on in this episode today, starting season six, 2020. You've been hearing that number for years. I always say I have the earworm from when Barbara Walters was hosting her TV show, 2020. We've been hearing it. We hear it at the eye doctor. You have 2020 vision or you don't. So we've been hearing it for so many years. But when you thought of 2020, it was sometime off in the future. Well, guess what? It's here and it's bringing not just a new year, but a new decade for your business. That's right. We're talking to our B2B audience around the world. So what's new? Well, if you think back over the past 10 years, your customers and your prospects know a lot more than they did in 2010. They expect a lot more and they're going to set the bar even higher for you because they're going to have new priorities and new expectations of what your company does for them. So what businesses will win in these? I'm calling them the new roaring 20s and I hear I'm not the only one saying that. We believe it's going to be the most forward-thinking companies that consciously and deliberately work at anticipating their customers' future needs and the companies that come up with smart, reliable strategies to deliver. The winners are already preparing for that future today. I have a panel of three experts. They've been on before. I'm delighted to have them back. Let me just tell you who they are, and then we will have each of them introduce themselves and tell us what is new with them. So in a moment, we'll have Kirsten Boylow at SAP. Kirsten is the, very happy to say, the sponsor of this series, and we're delighted to have her back this year. We're also going to welcome back Mark Hunter. He goes by the name The Sales Hunter. Very clever play on words there. And Nicholas Lagerstand at Digitize, and he told me to call him Nico, N-I-C-H-O. So welcome to our panel. Kirsten, why don't you start us off and bring us up to date what you do and what's new with you? Yeah, I, um, I'm in based in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada, and it's a little bit chilly here this morning. Um, not too bad, though. And I am um, now working for within the Global Marketing Organization, and I am responsible for, at SAP, and I'm responsible for upskilling the entire marketing organization on digital marketing skills. So um, ensuring that everyone in our, our overall marketing organization, all 2,000 people, have the skills that they need to move forward in the digital transformation that marketing is undergoing. And I'm also still responsible for um, the digital selling um, program that's been running for the last six years or so here at SAP. Kirsten, do you think 2020 is going to be a momentous year for moving ahead with the concept of digital selling? Just a, I'm not asking you for your end of show prediction yet, but do you think anything major is going to happen in that realm? Any anything you can give us with your 2020 vision on this this field? Uh, I think that there is a shift in people's attitudes and and kind of an awakening that yeah that there is a, a real. Um, collaboration that needs to happen between marketing and sales. And I'm hoping that that um, awakening, you know, keeps going and people keep learning and keep trying to see the connections between the two and looking for more and more collaborations. I like that word. Thank you very much, Kirsten. And now let's move one seat around the table to Mark Hunter, the sales hunter. Mark, welcome back. A belated happy new year. And why don't you bring us up to date on what you do and what you've been up to? Well, thank you so much. I'm coming to you today from Bergen, New Jersey, 
overlooking, um, well, I don't know what I'm overlooking, but, who knows? Anyway, but hey. Other parts of New Jersey. I, I, I am all, well, you know what, I'm just working with another company today, and I thir- thoroughly love it. What do I get to do? I get to really help companies and salespeople find and retain better prospects. That's what I like to do. Yeah, my name is The Sales Hunter. You can't steal it. It's trademarked, and that is my real last name. And really what it comes down to is it really, sales is about helping people. And um, just had the privilege of writing a new book. It'll be coming out at the end of March, uh, A Mind for Sales. I'm excited about that. Staying busy, just having fun. And I love being on the show, Bonnie. You're a great host. Thank, thank you, Mark. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. wasn't expecting it, but thank you so much. We're delighted to have you back. And let's move one more slot around the table to Nico Lagerstein at Digitize. Nico calling us, I believe, all the way from Sweden. We're calling you. Nico, tell us what you've been up to and what do you do? Yeah, hi, Bonnie. That's right. And hi, guys. Uh, I'm actually located in Gothenburg in Sweden. For you who don't know what a town is, it's actually the second biggest uh, city in Sweden. And I'm overlooking our lovely amusement park here. Uh, Ladies, I've been, you know, upskilling my social selling program, um, helping clients with everything from, you know, LinkedIn profile makeovers and some advanced tactics and how they should use Sales Navigator leaning more towards longer projects now. In the beginning, we more did, you know, one-day, two-day workshops, but we found out that you need a little bit longer transition period to really get this process in the DNA of the sales reps, basically. Very well put to get this into the DNA of sales rep. We can talk about that during the show. Thank you, Nico. Welcome back. Now, for those of you tuning in, go ahead, Nico. Go ahead. No, nothing. Cheers. Oh, okay. Nice for those of you just tuning in for the first time, the format on Game Changers is first we get our panelists to introduce themselves, and then I have asked them in advance to send me an inspirational quote from a movie, a book, a song, uh, from a person who's famous, not so famous, on their way to being famous or never will be famous, but a quote that is not specifically on the topic. And if you just tuned in, our topic today is B2B Customer Experience 2020, Digital Sellers Evolve to Meet Customer Demand. And that's really what it's all about. So Kirsten Boylow has sent me a quote, a very lovely quote from Roy T. Bennett. I had to look him up, Kirsten. He is the author of The Light in the Heart, Inspirational Thoughts for Living Your Best Life. And on his bio, I I couldn't find him on Wikipedia, but on Amazon, his bio says, Roy T. Bennett loves sharing positive thoughts and creative insight that has helped countless people to live a successful and fulfilling life. And who doesn't want that? So here's the quote Kirsten has selected. Some things cannot be taught. They must be experienced. You never learn the most valuable lessons in life until you go through your own journey. Kirsten, how'd you pick this quote for us today? Great one, by the way. Oh, thank you. I'm not sure what, uh, what exactly what mindset I was in at the time when I picked that one. <laughs> Touche. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it is you know in some ways I can see how it relates to to today's topic. Really, uh, you know, talking about how um, digital sellers are evolving and how customer experience is evolving and learning those valuable lessons about customer experience, but also. When it comes to like uh, sales and marketing enablement, um, you can tell somebody what they should be doing and how they should be doing it, but until they truly experience it for themselves and, and get their hands on the tool or um, you know make those choices for themselves and they go through their own journey, they really don't learn those valuable lessons. And and it's the same for customers, you know that um, I, I don't want to get into it just yet, but you know there's there's Top, there's things about the way that we as consumers um, experience uh, and or um, uh, try to experience, um, you know, as a customer from a B2B standpoint or a B2B B2C standpoint that we um, we kind of take exception to. And, and I think that, that there are some lessons that we need to learn as consumers as well um, as to what kind of experience we really want to, to drive from. Um, from our uh, those proprietors that are offering those experiences. Thank you, Kirsten. And Kirsten, forgive me, but I found another quote from Roy T. Bennett that I want to share, and I think this goes to what you were just saying. So, Mark and Nico, just be patient with me, but this is a beautiful quote. Roy T. Bennett says, attitude is a choice. Happiness is a choice. 
Optimism is a choice. Kindness is a choice. Giving is a choice. Respect is a choice. Whatever choice you make makes you choose wisely. Kirsten, pretty cool, huh? Love it. Yep, good. Oh, yeah, you do have to, do have to choose your own journey, that's for sure. Um, and, there you and go. Again, it really relates to this experience, you know, the, what you experience is, and how you choose to re- react to that experience um, really kind of dictates how your life will um, evolve. Yes, and, and your experiences with business as well. Thank you, Kirsten. I thought you would enjoy that extra quote from your choice of the, the attribution today. Mark Hunter, the sales hunter, has picked a quote from Napoleon Hill. Anybody who doesn't know Napoleon Hill, his real name, I didn't know this, Mark, is Oliver Napoleon Hill. He lived from 1883 to 1970. He was an American self-help author known for his book, and everybody knows this one, Think and Grow Rich, which he published back in 1937. I, I hesitate to put the numbers together how long ago that was one of the 10 best-selling self-help books ever 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 of all time he insisted that fervid expectations are essential to improving your life most of his books were promoted as expounding principles to achieve success however i don't know if you knew this mark you probably do he's very controversial he was accused of fraud Many of his claims are in doubt. He says he met Andrew Carnegie, not necessarily true, and that he was a lawyer, not necessarily true. So Gizmodo calls Napoleon Hill the most famous con man you've never heard of. Did you know that, Mark Hunter, by the way? I had heard that before. I've never really gone in to research it. I choose not to believe it because I there you love go. teaching. I, yeah, I, I think everybody does. Otherwise, his book wouldn't be still. From 1937, still among the best-selling top 10 books. Here's the quote. What the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. I think that should be written in poetic stanzas. Go ahead, Mark. Tell us about this quote. What does it mean to you and to our topic? Well, it's it's amazing because why do we sit here and dream about things? I choose to not dream it, but I choose to live it. And this quote actually came to me when I was sitting here the other day, about a week ago, working on my 25-year goals. Now, how's that Ooh, one? How's that whoa. one? What, what do your 25-year goals look like? Uh, but if you stop and think about that, we all tend to go through life too much um, in a reactionary mode. And... Um, so, hey, why not build out some 25-year goals? Um, think about that. Think about where you want to be 25 years from now. And it's, and, and it's a document I've got, and I just kind of take a look at it every year or so and update it. And, um, yeah, we can dream and we can achieve. The world is out there. Whether it's sales or life, whatever, we don't want to go through life underachieving. You, you don't want to look back and say that you underachieved. You want to look back and say that you overachieved. That's what success is all about. I like that. And as far as our topic of customer experience 2020, digital sellers evolve to meet customer demand. Is that the way success will be achieved, Mark? Yeah. Conceive, yes, believe, and achieve? Because, be, mm-hmm. Yeah, because our goal is, it, is to help our customers achieve their dreams. That's what customer service is. That's true. It's really that simple, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm going to move around the table. One more seat to our third panelist, Nico Lagerstein at Digit Eyes. And he is quoting Sun Tzu. It's spelled in many ways, but we're spelling a T-Z-U. The book is The Art of War, 10 Executive Marketing Lessons. And it's interesting because the book was written in the second century B.C. And, Nico, we're still talking about it now in 2020. Yes, yes. Let me just give a little background <laughs> here. Sun Tzu was a Chinese general a military strategist, a writer and philosopher who lived in the Eastern Zhao period of ancient China. He is traditionally credited as the author of The Art of War, an influential work of military strategy that has affected Western and East Asian philosophy and military thinking. And just so anybody, everybody knows, the name Sun Tzu, by which he is known in the Western world, is an honorific. That means it was not his given name, and it means Master Sun. And here's the quote Nico has selected. Mm-hmm. Opportunities multiply as they are seized. Oh, my, that's a good one. Talk to me, Nico. How does this apply to yes. our topic? Well, first off, I think it's twofold. And I just want to say I'm no military expert or military guy at all, but I just found this quote a couple of years ago when I scrolled through Instagram. And when it comes to social selling, I mean, it's all a, a big part of it is to get out of your comfort zone as the everyday sales rep. Uh, you know, 
had many examples just sales just started posting on LinkedIn and they got in you know big dollar business from that but I think I'm, when, when I think about this quote I more think about it how I actually use referral based selling and if you really take an opportunity to help the clients wholeheartedly and they feel that you give them 110%, almost every one of them are open to hand you referrals. Uh, and that's a big part of my LinkedIn game. So that's basically how I see it. You know, take an opportunity, do the best of it, and then hopefully people or person on the other side really feels that you're a genuine guy that can benefit them and also benefit their network with helping their day-to-day business. So it's really a win-win situation if they can introduce a guy like me or anyone else for that matter that can really help them. There you go. Thank you very much. Great quotes all around the table. We have a little bit of time before our break. Kirsten, forgive me, but I want to know what you're all doing on New Year's Eve because I haven't spoken to the three of you in a while, at least not in this decade. <laughs> it's another decade. So, Kirsten, where were you? What were you doing? And I'm going to ask, what were you drinking New Year's Eve? I know you're Canadian, so any big celebration? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Um I don't know if you remember, Bonnie, but I have twin girls who are eight and an 18-year-old, so we had to yes. kind of balance the activities. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so I had uh, the, two of the, the, the girls' friends came over with their mom, and we celebrated early New Year's at around 8.30, I think, and then the mm-hmm. kids went home, her, their friends went home, the girls went to bed, I think we went to bed. My son actually had a, had a bunch of friends over, and they had he had a party, but they were all gone by one or one thirty. What was I drinking? Oh, I don't know. I, we might have had some champagne. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. It's a, it's a distant memory. <laughs> Thank you, Kirsten. Yes, I do remember you have a house full of kids. I was going to say, bless you, Mom, but I I just said it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mark Hunter, do you remember what you were doing on The Verge, the tipping point of this new year, this new decade? What did you do? What did you drink, Mark? Yeah, I can't even remember what I was doing last night, let alone a month and a half ago. Man, wow. that. I don't think I did anything. In fact, if I remember right, I believe because we had a lot of family in for the holidays, we had family still there, and I think we were all just absolutely exhausted. And uh, football is a real central part of our household, so there are a lot of critical bowl games to be watching. And uh, if, if I remember right, I think I went to bed before midnight. Whoa. Oh. But you know what? Oh. It, it was midnight somewhere. So, hey, you know, what, what can I say? <laughs> Touche. Nico, what are you doing in Sweden to celebrate New Year's Eve? You want to regale us with some party stories? Or go ahead, Nico. Yeah, well, not so much of a party story. You know, I mean, I'm in Gothenburg. A lot of my friends are from Gothenburg. So normally a lot of people come home during the Christmas. So it's a lot of partying uh, between Christmas and New Year's Eve. So I actually had a... Very quietly received with one of my brothers and uh, his kids. Uh, had some good red wine. Actually had some lobster, which was really, really nice. A lobster Ooh. soup. Uh, nice. Yeah, really good, actually. No, just up with the kids, um, socializing with them. Uh, and I remember it because I got this flu, actually, on the, on the taxi ride home. So, yeah, not oh, the best of nights after that. Sorry, all listeners. Sorry uh, to hear that. Before that. Okay, well, it's gone. We get a chance to celebrate another New Year's Eve on December thirty yeah. first, twenty twenty. I think I was home here. I was texting with a lot of friends around the country who were also not at a party. They were either at a party and bored. Well, actually, one of them was at a nightclub waiting for the act to come on, and he was texting me and teaching me how to use a an app on my iPhone where you can, uh, Kirsten, you get a kick out of this. You pick, uh, it's like a um, an avatar, and it, you record a voice for it, and then it moves in the direction you record your facial movements and when you send it to someone it's like an animated gif but it speaks there's audio with it so he was trying to teach me that and then i think at quarter to 12 i went in and watched the ball drop somewhere in Times square and recorded some music for my my drum teacher to know what i wanted to play at lessons blah 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 anyway it was it was interesting no champagne i think it was eggnog at midnight and not too many tears because i'm excited about this new decade so there you go if you're just tuning in we're having a good 
time, but we're talking about a very serious topic. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling Radio, Season 6, Episode 1. Yay! And I have to do a shout-out to Kirsten's colleague, AJ. We call him Arif, and he does a wonderful job putting these shows together behind the scenes. Our topic today is B2B Customer Experience 2020, Digital Sellers Evolve to Meet Customer Demand. And we're talking to all of you around the world with businesses. This is important information you need to listen, to learn, and absorb it and learn from my three very esteemed panelists. We have Kirsten Boylow at SAP, Mark the Sales Hunter, Hunter, that's an interesting last name, Hunter, Hunter, and Nico Lagerstein at Digitize in Sweden. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a really quick break. We're a little bit ahead of schedule today, so we're going to take about a 90-second break. And when we come back, we're going to launch into the formal roundtable section of the show, and I will be talking with Kirsten Boylow first about some notes she sent me about this topic. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial, or as they say on an NPR show, stay. We'll be right back. (laughs) When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales and marketing organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Digital selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales and marketing process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams, and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how digital selling is changing the world of business. Changing the Game with Digital Selling is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to changing the game with digital selling. And yes, indeed, we are. If you're just tuning in, I said that a moment ago, but you might be tuning in right now. B2B Customer Experience 2020, digital sellers evolve to meet customer demand. That's a really important and very packable content topic for our show today. I'm speaking today with Kirsten Boylow at SAP, Mark Hunter, the sales hunter, it's copyrighted, and Nico Lagerstein at Digitize in Sweden. So this is the part of the show where we're going to go around the table on notes on the topic my panelists sent me. We're going to kick this off with a comment from Kirsten Boylow. I'm going to read a little bit and ask Kirsten to expand. Then we'll invite Mark to chime in and Nico, and then we'll move on with their statement. So Kirsten says, we live in a really interesting time where the technology an individual utilizes sets the stage for expectations for their experience in their professional life as well. Kirsten, great topic to start our discussion. Go ahead. Tell me more, please. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's been going on for a while now where, you know, the, the, the apps, you were just talking about an app, Bonnie, you know, that, that creates this, <laughs> this animated GIF, but it also yes. uh, has a voice to it. And those kinds of things that, you know, maybe we can't see right now how you would use that, say, in a B2B space. But there could be application for it in, you know, in the next 6 to 12 months um, in a B2B. Somebody might think, you know what, that would be a really cool way to send a message to my customer and, and have this, you know, animated um, kind of neat video type video GIF thing that will, you know, kind of catch their attention. And all of a sudden... You know, um, people are using something that was never intended for a marketing or a sales experience. They're using it in in that way. Uh, on kind of the, the flip side, people that use, um, you know, as individual or consumers, customers, things that we use on a day-to-day basis in our own uh, personal lives, the, the apps that we use, the experiences that we have with those apps, um, we expect the same from um, the, the businesses that we deal with, both in a, you know, as a consumer, but also in our business and professional lives. And so it, it means that 
sales and marketing reps need to be constantly evolving and constantly aware of what are those the latest and greatest things out there. Now, not everything can be used in that way. I um, have been doing digital selling at SAP for a very long time, and Snapchat has been around for a very long time, and I still mm-hmm. fail to see how Snapchat can be used in a B2B sales environment. I, I'm, I'm open for people to kind of... Uh, Share with me how they think that they can be used, but for my, for the most part, I don't I don't see the connection. Um, however, in in a you know a B two C space, it makes a lot of sense you know to tell mm-hmm. stories through Snapchat and that kind of thing. Um, so I, <laughs> but those that those experiences that consumers have with those kinds of apps are what they then you know turn around and expect from us as um, B2B businesses. And and so it, it remains to be, um, it means that we really need to be on our toes constantly, constantly innovating, constantly looking at the newest things and seeing how we can leverage them um, to, to up the customer experience. Thank you very much. It's all so true. It makes perfect sense, Kirsten. Thank you. Mark Hunter, please chime in. Agree or disagree with Kirsten or tell us more. Go ahead. Well, I think it kind of merges together, the B2B and B2C. I think Snapchat does have a role in B2B. Um, it may not be obvious and so forth, but the example I like to use is people are crying out for authenticity. Yes. And what we never thought was acceptable before suddenly becomes acceptable. Today. 35, 40 years ago, everybody wore a, a suit and a dress to work. You know, that's what you wear. Now you, now you, you wear whatever you want. You see, it, it's it's... It's the informality, but what does it do? It allows your personality to come through. And I think that's what people are really craving for, whether it be in digital, whether it be in however, you know, it is. So I think Snapchat will eventually have, you know, now whether or not it's Snapchat, maybe some other tool, but never discount anything having a B2B role just because we might think initially it's a B2C role. Interesting. Nico, we've got a little bit of a, of a one side and the other. Where do you sit on this issue? We've got a little bit of an issue here. What do you think? No, but great, great comments. But if we take Snapchat, for example, and if we take it for what it is, video messaging, that has started to crawl into the B2B space, definitely. I use a lot of short videos uh, to my prospect, both via email and uh, via LinkedIn meaning my, my, my first my first communication to them. And also, I mean, if we look at, you know, consumer sites have been using chatbots for a long time that's starting to crawl into the B2B space. Uh, but I think that, you know, it all depends on what kind of traffic and what kind of volume you have on your website when you talk to when we talk about chatbots, for example. Uh, consumer brand is much more heavily, heavily trafficked. Uh, and maybe it's not worth the investment to work with a chatbot. But I definitely think that, you know, I can't say about Snap and how they will move into the B2B space. We look at the advertising aspect of, you know, Snapchat stories, which are very, very heavily consumer-driven. Uh, but, I mean, Instagram, more and more companies are starting to get off their, or get starting off their company page there where they frequently used the story mode in Instagram. Um, so it's it's crawling there. Uh, and back to, to Mark's comment that, you know, B2B and B2C are, you know, somehow merging together. Interesting conversation. Kirsten, anything you want to say back to Mark and or Nico? Uh, I, I, I'm open to those their their thoughts i think that there maybe there is and and as things have evolved perhaps there is a space for snapchat in say in our tool set here at sap um but i have yet to 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 have a really compelling reason that because of course then i'm responsible for all the training behind it <laughs> so that's <laughs> kind of where my my uh um my hesitation comes in, right, to be able to say, okay, so this is how you would use it, and these are the things you need to be able to do with it, and this is how you do those things. Um, I haven't seen a compelling enough reason to make that effort um, be be reasonable. So, But that doesn't say, that's not to say that there aren't sales reps out there that are using it very successfully um, in the B2B space. Um, it just isn't, it isn't like a, a global initiative for us. So 
Uh, but great thoughts, and I think that, um, you know, they're, they're right. There is a kind of a merging between the B2B and B2B space, which really kind of speaks to the, the point that I brought up, that, yes. you know, the, um, the experiences that we have um, as a consumer are leading over into the, the experiences we want to have as a business professional. And, and that brings those, that B2B and B2C spaces together. So that's a really interesting point, too. Thank you, Kirsten. See, uh, you know we love it here on, on Game Changers Radio, and we have a remark, a statement that's just on its own merit, fine, and then you expand it, and it, it incites a little bit of a controversy. I like that. That was a really good conversation. Thank you. Mark Hunter, I'm moving around the table to you, and I'm looking at your number one statement you sent me, and let me read a little bit. This is interesting as well. You say, are we as salespeople, speaking from your industry standpoint, really needed in today's environment? And then Mark answers his own question. Unless we are engaging our customers in discussions they would not have otherwise had and challenging their thinking, then we will soon be extinct. Ooh, Mark, handwriting's on the wall or it's on the digital tablet. Go ahead. Tell us more, please, Mark Hunter. Well, yeah, it really comes down to this whole piece of authenticity. And again, let's tie this in with customer service. Let's tie this in with the digital world. There's so much information that I can get um, on the internet. I mean, what, why do I need it? I mean, I can go, I can order my drink, I can order my drink on, on my Starbucks app, walk in, pick it up, and never even say hi to a barista. Now, is that the Starbucks experience that Howard Schultz initially created? No, because the barista was to have the interaction. Now, stop and think about how this all comes around. My objective in whatever situation, wherever you're at, is how do we engage the other person in a conversation? Mm-hmm. And this comes back. What is Snapchat all about? It's all about engaging. What is Instagram about? It's all about engaging. How do we create engagement? If we can't create engagement in mm-hmm. everything we do, then really we're no good than a piece of concrete <laughs> or a black wall. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm really trying to up this game of how do we challenge people's thinking? How do we get them thinking? Because again, if we get them thinking, then they, then they, will they realize another opportunity that they have out there? And again, it goes back to my initial comment in terms of how do we move people to the next level in terms of dream? If you can dream it, you can achieve it. Very well put. Thank you. Nico, you're sitting next to Mark. I'm going to bring you in on this one. What do you think? Agree or disagree with Mark Hunter? Uh, well, I both agree and, and somehow have, a, have another view on it, I think, that, you know, mm-hmm. we've been seeing a lot of, you know, numbers from Gartner or whatever, or the, the big trend research institute that, you know, in 2025, 50% of salespeople will be extinct, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I think we have to look at the customer. Are the customer always that super savvy, you know, uh, enthusiastic internet and tech guys that maybe me and Mark are that, you know, just search, constantly searching for information and are comfortable in making all of those uh, decisions uh, by themselves. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, and I have, you know, many ranging different clients from, you know, advanced tech companies that Mark's statement is more or less true. And then, you know, more older companies, more industrial companies here in Sweden that, you know, half of the group are trained doesn't even have a LinkedIn account. And they don't expect that, you know, maybe super engaging sales reps. So it really depends on maybe industry, maybe culture and, and where we ask. But I definitely agree that we have to create, you know, engagement as, as best as we can in every single touch point with, with the customer. Thank you. Good comments. Kirsten, what do you think? Authenticity and, um, and you know, driving that engagement, driving those conversations, that, that two-way engagement. And I think that is so critical, no matter what we're, um, you know, what end of the spectrum we're discussing, having, building those relationships and um, having that conversation with a, um, you know, with a customer um, they want to be related to you on that human-to-human level. It's not about, you know, you're a prospect and I'm going to pursue you relentlessly until you turn around and finally acknowledge me. It's mm-hmm. about building that relationship with them, having that um, 
back and forth conversation and truly engaging someone in uh, a relationship that's going to be valuable in both in both ways. Thank you, Kirsten. Mark, before I go back to you, I'm just going to recite the opening quote I found from Ann Handley at Marketing Profs. She said, does your content lead readers on a journey or does it merely stuff them as leads into a pipeline? I think that's uh, a nice paraphrase of what you were trying to say, Mark. So, Mark, comment on what Nico and Kirsten just said, please. That's so beautiful, that quote in the comments, because if we think about it, engaging isn't, not, isn't necessarily just verbal. It may be a picture. It may be an emoji. It may be whatever. I mean, our whole objective is how do we engage people we come in contact with? And that's what I love about the digital platform world. That's what I love about face-to-face. And it still comes right back to this core, what I think is a real key. People are looking for authenticity because they see too much fakeness out there. And if you can create authenticity, it's amazing how you'll create connection with your customer. You'll create connection with people. You'll make a connection that makes a difference. It's the connection that makes the difference. That's what we're talking about. Thank you very much. Nico, I'm looking at your notes here, and I found something interesting I'd like to talk about. Let me scroll down here, and here we go. This is a a controversy. This is your statement number two you sent me, Nico. This is controversial. I think it always needs to be brought up. And you say, cold calling is not dead at all. The only thing that's dead is unsolicited calls from sales reps who have no real offer and no real insight to offer the prospect in a very short amount of time. Nico, tell us more, please. This is great. Yes. Well, I mean, and I think that this could be definitely where you're located in the world and what market you're working on. So it's a big disclaimer for that. But if we take Sweden, for example, it's, First of all, I can find all the mobile phone numbers to all basically CIO, sales director, VP, you name it. Um, and and if, if we should define a cold call, a cold call is, you know, when I as a sales rep just call a person, I call Mark, he doesn't know that I'm going to call him. I, I don't know anything about his company. I don't know if he doesn't know anything about my company. My only sole purpose of that call is to book an appointment. And that is more and more dying out. I see that now when I'm on the buyer's side, when I'm, you know, having my own consultancy that unfortunately there's so few reps that actually just take the time and open up my LinkedIn profile and just scroll through it for 30 seconds to find, you know, a great opener like, hey, I see that you, you know, you lived in Dublin, now you moved back home to Sweden, cool journey or whatever, had to be great working for LinkedIn. But so many people just call from a script and if you don't have the best goddamn, you know, offering out there, if you work for Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, when they're, when they're super interesting, it's going to be more difficult in breaking through and, and set that initial appointment. But it's not so much about the medium here in Sweden anyway. I mean, phone works well, email works well, LinkedIn works well, text messaging works well, video messaging also works well. It's all about you know, what Mark was talking about before, you know, creating that real authenticity and engaging them in, in, a, in a thoughtful, personal way. Thank you very much. Great comments there. Kirsten, you're next to Nico around the table. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that he says cold calling is not dead, but um, unsolicited calls, I would call those cold calls. So uh, if those are dead, I, that would be my, my thought that, if unsolicited calls, whether the caller doesn't understand the company, doesn't know anything, um, and can't provide any value, I would define those as cold calls um, because the you know the the person on the other end isn't expecting that call, um, and so to me that that says that those those calls are dead. However, um, I do believe that there is an opportunity to to build engagement and um, through the various. Um, means that a person has available to really, truly understand um, a lot about the person before you actually reach out to them. And, and then, you know, if you have that hindsight or that insight into, into their business, into who they are as a person, what's going to grab their attention, those, those calls are considered warm, I would say. Uh, and those calls are definitely not dead. 
There you go. Okay, Mark Hunter, I know you have a POV on this. What do you see? What do you think? Wow, this is going to light me up here, folks. Here we go. Go ahead. Get ready. Light <laughs> us on fire. Cold, yeah, I, I love this. I love this. Cold calling in and of itself is dead because there's no reason uh, that you can't find a piece of information out. But let me, let me back up a little bit here. Let me back up the bus here, back up the truck. I think we do have an obligation to interrupt if we can help somebody. If you have the ability to help somebody, you have an ability to help a company. They may not know they need this service. They may not know they need this product. They may not know they need that. So I have really an obligation to interrupt them because I can help them. And so what I'm doing is I'm actually doing them a disservice if I don't connect with them. Mm-hmm. See, now, now how I connect with them, well, that can be any number of different ways. But sometimes the most expedient way, and let, let, me, let me give you an example. I, 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 yeah. share this, I share this with audiences all the time. And it happened to my daughter. Uh, my daughter li- lives in a house, and one evening uh, there were some new people that had moved in right up, right up the street from her. She had not met them yet. She walked out her door one night, and she noticed smoke coming out of this, this house where these people mm-hmm. had just moved in. Now, she did not know those people. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, oh, well, she did not say, well, let me connect with them on Facebook. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me see if I can tweet them. But no, Mark. no, she ran right down to their house, and with her, with her cell phone, she's a registered nurse. I mean, she, she called 911 and immediately went down to the house to bang on the door to make sure that they were safe, make sure there was nobody harmed. You see, she had the ability to help somebody, so you have the obligation to interrupt somebody. So I really believe calling, um, call it warm calling, call it targeted calling, call it value calling, call it whatever you want makes sense if it economically makes sense to you. Because, again, depending on what you're selling, depending on, on the purchase cycle, et cetera, et cetera, sometimes it's, it's not going to make sense. But, but I, I, I'm a strong advocate of the phone because I can connect one phone call. And you're right, people don't pick up the phone, I get it, but I can leave a vote. Just, just like right now, you're catching my personality. It's amazing how the telephone allows, the voice allows our personality to come through. So... Okay, I'll stop hyperventilating. I'll calm down. <laughs> Mark, we love the on-air personality. I think we need to go around the table on this one. Nico, you brought this one up. Why don't you comment back to Mark, and then I'll bring Kirsten in again, and then we'll go to our predictions round in a few minutes. So go ahead. Nico, what do you think about Mark's hyperventilating, back up the truck or stop the wheel or whatever? No, go but great, great comments. Uh, great comments. And I, and I think it's about, you know, how we define uh, a cold call, but... Again, the phone as a medium, as a lot of people talking about being dead, it's not. But if you can do that initial research and have a, a thorough idea of actually what you can bring to the table and really help them, I'm, I'm on Mark's, you know, uh, opinion there that, I mean, I'm not disturbed. I should disturb him because I know that I have something great to offer. So the phone is not definitely dead. Bad calls where no value or insights are brought up are pretty dead. I want to add a little comment here. This is Bonnie. Before I, Kirsten, get you to comment back again, this is a really good discussion. I had the opportunity to speak with someone who is going to help me, let's say, on the financial advisor front. That's all I'll say about it. And I'm looking for a new one. No, people don't call, call me, please. I'm all set. And I spoke with somebody who said they would help me find a person in my local area to do what I need to do. The, they, they called me. I called this person and we spoke and he said, I will contact so-and-so in the local Durham office of our company and she will call you within 24 hours. He made that promise to me. Now, it wasn't a cold call, but 24 hours passed and the person didn't call me. So I got back to this person and I said, clearly, she doesn't want my business. I think he got on the phone within 32 seconds after I hung up, called her, and my phone rang, and she was there, and she apologized. So let's just pursue this a little bit more. When you're supposed to call someone, regardless of what you're selling, if they've reached out to you, isn't that something that needs to be done within an expedient amount of time? Nico, Kirsten, Mark, what do you think? That's the flip side of cold calling. It's, it's warm solicited calling or invited calling. Anybody want to chime in on that? Yes, jump yes. fast, it, because you had an itch. Here's the line I like to use. You had an itch. You needed it scratched. If yes. I wait three days to call you back, yep, you no longer have that itch. That's right. 
Okay, I'm sorry. I'll calm down again. Okay. It's 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 like a, it's like a going on a first date. They say I'll call you. I'll call you tomorrow. And two weeks go by. It's like don't bother. Kirsten, any thoughts about scratching that itch in terms of digital selling? The follow up, making that connection where people do want to talk to you. How important is it to go back from the digital part, Kirsten, to the picking up the damn phone and following up? How important is that? <laughs> It is critical. I mean, yes. the, the you know the fact that that we're doing things in the digital world does not mean that if someone reaches out to you and wants you to call them back, that you don't. Yeah. Just because you know, as as uh, Mark was telling the story about his daughter, and you know, she didn't wait for Facebook to update or or go on Twitter to tweet at them to to say, "Hey, hello, your house is on fire." <laughs> The same idea goes. Like, I mean, if you, if there is an an actual need that you can fulfill, I would be on that in a heartbeat. You know, don't don't uh, wait for um, you know the, the digital world to catch up with you. If you know of something that is absolutely critical and you can fulfill that need for sure. And you know, actually, I'm going through this with my son right now. He's now out of high school and is waiting to start hopefully getting an apprenticeship. And I'm um, looking for full-time work and a company, um, he applied to a company, a local company. They emailed him back and said, let us know what times you can be available for an interview. And he got that email last week and he still hasn't responded. I'm like, go. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I'm, just, I'm so frustrated with him. We have to get Mark Hunter to light a fire under Kirsten's son. Mark, can you run up there to Waterloo and help her out? Hey, pick up the phone, call. You know, in, in, in one 20-second, 30-second conversation on the telephone, you can communicate more than you'll communicate in three or four emails over the course of a couple of weeks. I love the phone. Oh, absolutely. It's personality, it's people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just wanted to bring that up because, Kirsten, from your standpoint of, of teaching, and Nico has clients and Mark has clients of teaching people, instructing them, guiding them, coaching them, the phone has to be part of it. It may not be the cold call. That might not be in your wheelhouse or what you want to do or comfortable for your your segment of whatever you're selling. However, if somebody <laughs> says to you, yes, I'm ready, I want to connect with you, pick up the damn phone and do it. You're right, right away. Don't walk away from a potentially really, really, really good customer. No. No, no sidebar comment there. Nico, anything you want to say about that? We're just about ready. Kristen, get ready yeah, with your prediction. Uh, Nico, yeah, go ahead. Sure. A couple of stores that, yeah, sometimes, you know, people post on LinkedIn like, hey, we're looking for a sales consultant or LinkedIn consultants. And a lot of people ping in people they know in the comments. And some consultants actually know right in the comments like, yeah, I'm a LinkedIn trainer. You can call me or email me on this. And I saw this, you know, I've been pinged in a couple of times in those threads. And I just, as we talked about, I just hit the phone and called the person. And twice people have said to me, wow, you're actually the first one who called me. Ah. So, um, and, and I think that's key, you know, try to bring the conversation offline and don't just wait for people to uh, actually, you know, people who ask for help reaching out to you one more time. And I think that's hopefully a cultural thing in Sweden where, you know, we don't want to disturb. We don't want to do that. Uh, yeah. But again, yeah, I just jumped on the phone. And the comment I got from two of those, well, you're actually the first one who called. Well, nobody has a problem here oh, yeah. in the U.S. about disturbing and picking up the phone. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, Kristen okay. Boylo, you're up first for predictions. Crystal ball, 60 seconds. That's all we got for you. But that's plenty because you're a pro and you do this all the time. Kirsten, where will this topic be by the end of 2020 or even as far stretched out as 2025? the digital sellers evolving to meet customer demand. And we've certainly covered a lot of aspects. Go ahead, Kirsten, 60 seconds. I believe that there will be a true, um, and I think I may have said this before, but I'm really hoping it actually comes true. <laughs> that, you know, sales and marketing really come together. That it, it, There's no longer digital sellers and digital marketers that there's, and I think there's somebody who already uses this term, but perhaps marketers. Um, where they they they're doing, they're cl- truly so clo- so close together that there's not a whole lot of difference between what the two of them do, and it's really about customer engagement and business development. Thank you very much. Let's go around to the sales hunter. Are you ready with your prediction, sir? Uh, I am ready. It's going to be the continued piece of authenticity in a secure environment. 
and we're going to see this continue. People, again, I, I've been on this soapbox all, all hour here, but I'm going to keep on it. We are craving for authenticity in everything that we do, and that comes across in a digital world in terms of how we communicate, how we set up our profiles, the messaging, what we're doing, what we're saying, and it has to be in a secure environment. Again, people want to know that they can they can share. And, and I know there's this whole thing, well, why should I be concerned? Because Big Brother's already watching. Yeah, but you know what? We may joke about that, but we don't want to believe it. And mm. so I think without a doubt, as we continue to move forward, there's going to be skepticism on the authenticity side, skepticism on the security side. And those that can deliver on both are going to be the ones who are going to win, not only as we exit 2020, but really throughout this next decade to come. Thank you very much. That's profound. Nico Lagerson, I saved. Oh, you get 90 seconds because they were so concise. Go ahead, Nico. What do you see? Good. Yeah. Lucky day. What Kirsten is saying, I I really, really hope that sales and marketing become much more intertwined. Uh, I mean, we see it more and more. You know, more roles like chief revenue officer are are popping up. Uh, More and more people are trying to align their sales and marketing efforts. Uh, I, I, I think that we in Sweden need to learn a lot from the States when it comes to sales enablement and sales operation. We're kind of, you know, on the back foot when it comes to that. But also, I see a lot of, you know, automation tools popping up, a lot of automation tools to set up, you know, email sequences that you can personalize, a lot of automation tools even on LinkedIn. But and there's also coming up, you know, insights tools to prep reps with, you know, proper insights. And going back to Mark's point, I think, I think sometimes we do have to balance this out in one way that it really feels uh, authentic. Uh, because there's so many cool tools now you can you can automate your email you know communications and cadence to to prospects uh you can work with you know tools like crystal ball to read up about their you know social profile and get what kind of words you should communicate because other day you know persona basically so but it's interesting i'm giving this a lot of thought what's going to happen with you know the automation space and when it comes you know bring back authenticity do people actually want to talk to a robot in five years time i don't think so maybe for the ether purchases that should be too yeah Thank you very much. That was uh, definitely not robots on the show today. I really enjoyed the conversation. Kirsten, what a great way to kick off your season six. What a wonderful panel. And a shout-out of appreciation again to your colleague, A.J. Arif Johari, for working behind the scenes to set this up. So I'm just going to do my usual closing. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a a real, authentic game changer. Pick up the phone. Pick up the digital media and do what you need to do. And be a game changer, just like Kirsten Boyleau, just like Mark, the sales hunter hunter, and just like Nico Lagerston. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. And thank you to my engineer extraordinaire, Aaron Keller at World Talk Radio, the business channel. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.